You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah. Don't it sound so epic? Horns are screaming, I ain't the one you want to mess with. Use a joke, I ain't the one you want to jest with. The battle's coming, you only got a few seconds to run. Yeah. All right. Well, finished off the season strong with a big win against Cleveland. I am Matt Minnick for Bengals Chalk Talk here on Orange and Black Insider. Thank you for being with me today. So today we are going to focus on the two Joes. That's uh, Joe Mixon, of course, and the presumably soon-to-be Bengal, Joe Burrow. So uh, looking forward uh, to what we're going to see out of those guys uh, in the future. You know, First, we're going to take a look at what Burrow did this weekend against Cleveland. And uh, then uh, for the audio version, if you download the podcast rather than uh, just watching it on YouTube, uh, I will be talking to Chrissy Freud, who covers LSU uh, for LSU Tigers Wire. So uh, going to get into both Joes uh, a little bit. Uh, but first, we're going to start off and we're going to take a look at the film and some of Joe Mixon's top plays from this weekend. Uh, and great performance for Mixon. Uh, 26 yard, excuse me, 26 carries, uh, 26 yards would not be very good. 26 carries for 162 yards and two touchdowns on the day. That is uh, a career day for Mixon, uh, you know, finishing off strong after the first time the Bengals played the Browns uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, he, he had a career day as well. And, uh, you know, even, even better numbers uh, this past weekend. So great day for Mixon uh, after Struggling early in the year, the run game in general, not really uh, putting it all on Mixon, but the run game struggling in the first part of the year. Uh, over the last eight weeks, Mixon has been one of the top rushers in the league. Uh, over the last eight weeks of the season, uh, I believe he ranks second only behind Derrick Henry, who, of course, won, run, uh, won the rushing title uh, for the NFL. So Mixon coming on. Mixon's back. Uh, you know, I think around the trade deadline, we weren't feeling great about him. Uh, and, you know, thinking there might be some movement there for that reason. Uh, but, you know, he's he, he's back in business and he's what we, you know, what we all thought he was. So uh, taking a look at, at some of these plays, uh, first of all, starting off in the first quarter uh, and great, uh, a great run uh, by Mixon, 41 yard run uh, that set up a, a touchdown pass uh, a play later and the guy gets it Uzama really really earned it uh, because you know really as they as they work down the field all right first of all if you look at Mixon it looks like a counter uh, but the blocking there's no pulling whatsoever but even the, the blocking it doesn't you know look like they're zoning the other way around, around and it's a cutback um, you know there's real firm 
like down, you know, what appear to be down double teams, not really um, like zone combo blocks uh, from the offensive line. But we do see some good blocks. Uh, and, you know, we see Fred Johnson, who started at left tackle. Uh, he does a great job working up to the second level. All right. And, and getting on there and, and to the linebacker. Uh, so good, good block there. Uh, John Miller, like, I don't know, maybe he was supposed to pull. It was supposed to be some kind of counter. He's, he's the right guard and he kind of hits, he hits the defensive lineman and then he kind of looks lost. He almost looks like he's supposed to be, you know, coming around peeling for pursuit or something. But I, I mean, I don't know. He's, he, he's lost on that. Maybe he was supposed to be pulling around and leading up, but it, Hey, it doesn't matter. Uh, cause they get it blocked up. You know, they get good blocks. Uh, from Boyd coming in a linebacker, uh, we get Erickson coming down. Now the guy over Erickson, you know, gets some penetration, and Mixon has to bounce it out. But great little bounce by Mixon, and then he gets it right back upfield. So excellent job by Mixon, bounce, get it back upfield, cut in tight uh, to you know cause a missed tackle by the corner who's coming up and run support. You know, the safety is pursuing him. He breaks that tackle as well. Like I tries to dive for his feet. That ain't going to work. He hops right over it. You know, it takes a little bit of a hit and hops right over it. Uh, so overall, you know, really good run here by Mixon. Uh, you know, some, some uh, pretty good blocking up front, particularly from Fred Johnson. Uh, and then we see, you know, he, he does a great job finishing the run. And who else finishes the run? That same Fred Johnson and C.J. Uzama coming down the field. Uh, you know, these are these are great Effort plays on the part of the, you know of those guys. Uh, you know, first of all, Johnson did a great job getting up to the linebacker in the first place. Uh, but then, you know, showing that effort coming down the field, and you know, this, that's not just coach jargon. That's not just coach speak. You know, talking about effort to talk about effort. I mean, this this is big. You know, if if Mixon decides to cut this back, you know, those guys could be the guys. You know, that that spring this thing that uh, turn it into a touchdown uh, if he does decide to do that. You know, the other thing going to happen is. What if he? What if he fumbles? You know, what if somebody knocks the ball out? Uh, you know, maybe he was almost there to jump on it or something. So, you know, these things are are really important uh, when we talk about those things from an effort standpoint. You know, I always say good things happen when you run to the ball. It's true for offense. It's true for for defense. Uh, you got to be running to the ball uh, all the time. So, a little bit later in the first quarter, uh, we're going to see another. Nice run out of Mixon. This one is going to be for 21 yards. So uh, as we look here, now this is not a counter. Okay? This is not a counter play. This is the toss play. uh, But he's going to cut it back. So he's gotten real real good at at cutting those uh, tosses back. And he takes it way back. Way back around. So Really, what's the point of running toss? The point of running toss is getting to the edge or getting everybody else to the edge so you can cut it back. And he cuts that thing way back. I mean, literally, he cuts he cuts so far back that you know he leaves ten defensive players on the other side of him. Uh, so good run, you know, real good vision by him, and real quick and fast to to get back going again. You know, he heads straight up field, then bounce, uh, off the cut, then bounces it, you know, out wide again. And gets then gets himself going upfield again, not going east west any longer than he has to, so he can pick up those uh, additional yards. So nice, uh, you know, nice cutback 
by him as well. Now, this is a little bit different. You know, they, they toss the ball out there, but I think what we've known them to do in terms of the toss play, we, we've seen them pulling a bunch of guys out. You know, this is more of like a like a stretch kind of concept almost that they're they're not pulling. They're almost the zone blocking, but they're you know really uh, reaching on those zone blocks. Uh, and and Cleveland reaches too. You know, he takes advantage of that uh, as those guys are all coming down the line. He cuts way back. All right, you know, beats that backside defensive end with uh, you know with athleticism, breaks the first tackle. You know, really knocks that guy to the ground. So you know, Mixon's been really on breaking tackles, uh, being very physical lately, uh, and it has been huge for the Bengals' offense, and it's going to be huge uh, moving in to next year. So later uh, in the first quarter. We are going to get a Mixon touchdown run. All right. So it's going to be uh, actually third down. So third and three, and they're giving him the ball. Uh, now, you know, seems might seem a little bit conservative, uh, but, you know, he does an excellent job with it. And this is a, you know, a, a zone play out of the shotgun, uh, which we have seen them do in short yards before. And there's been some complaints about that sort of thing from time to time. But really, it, it, it's an efficient play. You know, it's a play where you usually can gain at least a couple yards uh, uh, off of the, the zone out, out of shotgun, uh, in particular the zone read. I don't believe he's actually reading anything here, though. Uh, so uh, it is a give. Uh, you know, they give it to him on the zone. Now, he is going to be reading uh, the the uh, defensive tackle. So first, you know, reading the three technique uh, initially, the three technique to the defense is left. Uh, so the right guard uh, is is Miller. And initially, he's keeping him outside, keeping him in that B gap. All right. So Mixon wants to cut that thing back, get north south. All right. And then the two technique uh, on the backside guard, all right, who is uh, Michael Jordan. All right. So Michael Jordan actually gets that thing uh, gets that thing reached. So he's going to cut real tight right between those guys, all right, as uh, as the center, Trey Hopkins, works up to the Mike linebacker. All right. So he cuts right off of Jordan's butt, gets tight up the field, all right. Hopkins block on the linebacker. Uh, Mac Wilson is, uh, you know, dispatches with Hopkins and is able to get in there. Uh, but Mixon, Mixon plows right over him. Right, he goes right for him, and he bulldozes his way into the end zone uh, with Wilson. Really, they're trying to square him up, but a, a lot of Browns right there in the area, uh, and that's a really good job. Uh, again, being physical, getting that score third and three. You know, uh, you know that's a situation he's got to get in the end zone. Don't want to have to force him to kick a ridiculously short. Uh, field goal there. Uh, so excellent, excellent job there by Joe Mixon. All right. Uh, so then we're going to go into the second quarter. We're going to see another long run uh, in the second quarter. And again, we're, we're seeing uh, Mixon really cutting back like crazy, you know, uh, and, and a big part of that is that toss play and him, you know, being able to bounce out and then he can cut it back. Uh, the defense is being aggressive and they're over pursuing. Uh, so here, all right, Mixon starts off 
on the zone, all right, looks to cut it back. Now, there's an unblocked player coming uh, coming down, all right, from the defensive backfield, and they the Bengals try to try to crack on the safety here uh, with Erickson, all right? Uh, Erickson doesn't really get there in time, all right? And he kind of, like, he looks like he quit on it and like he gave up on it, but honestly, he's doing the smart thing here because if he tries to block him, he's going to block him in the back, and it's going to be a penalty and call back. Uh, so, you know, not good because he didn't make the block, but, uh, you know, I don't think he's quitting on the player or anything like that here. He's, he, you know, he's he's doing what's smart by by not making that block there. So Mixon cuts it back. That guy comes in unblocked, and he, boom, right, bounces out outside of it. That guy's diving for his feet. He makes a miss. He does a little juke. I believe this is Denzel Ward out here. He, he uh, gives him a little bit of a shake and is able to get to the outside, and then he picks up 17 yards on that play. So another excellent run, all right, forcing missed tackle, and then getting back in there to the outside for Joe Mixon, uh, who obviously had a fantastic day. All right, so uh, the next big one uh, actually comes in the fourth quarter for Mixon. All right, so early in the fourth quarter, um, we are going to see Mixon's second touchdown. Uh, and again, it came on a shorter play, so he didn't really break any long touchdowns on this. This was a second uh, second and two from the two-yard line. Again, uh, they're in the shotgun, two tight ends, and it's his own play, all right? And whereas the first one, he really kind of banged it up the hole, right? He kept it uh, inside, you know, reading the play side defensive tackle on the first one. Uh, he cut to the inside, but then he stayed right there. He didn't cut all the way back because uh, the, the guard had reached uh, the two-tech. Here, we're not going to get that, all right? So we're going to see Jordan engages, all right, on the two-tech, all right, and Hopkins looking to get up to the second level from the center position. And now we've got a, a, a two-eye here uh, that Miller is just going to wash out. So Mixon keeps bending back, all right? Keeps bending back. Now Hart is looking to work up to the backer. All right, that defensive end's unblocked here. All right, who's blocking him? Dalton's blocking him. All right, this one is a read. All right, so right away, you know, he should just keep going outside of Hart here, right? Because that's, that's where the run is. That's the leverage that, that Hart has on it. But he's got to really stay tight, right? You can't just keep bouncing forever. Uh, on the zone read, you, you got to realize, hey, that guy is unblocked. All right. So you can't cut it way back on the zone read. You got to realize that guy's unblocked. So look at how tight he comes to heart. You know, he just comes real tight off him, you know, brushing right by him and into the end zone. And he's getting hit and he's getting knocked down. But guess what? He's getting knocked down in the end zone. So uh, another, another excellent run there. Uh, and again, I, I, you see that with a lot of different running backs. And, uh, uh, I've noticed this year that like there are running backs that don't seem to get that. Like, like they're not being coached. They're not being taught that, Hey, there's an unblocked guy there. So you can't, you can't cut back ridiculous amount. Uh, and they get tackled on that stuff. Um, but Mixon makes a, a very good, uh, you know, very good run for Mixon on that one. All right. So then we're going to go 
take a look at one more. Uh, you know, again, this is all long runs and TDs here. So later in the fourth quarter, I believe this is actually the last time Mixon even touches the ball uh, as, you know, things kind of shifted uh, at, at the end of the game. Uh, you know, Cleveland possessed the ball for a little while here at the end. Uh, but uh, taking a look at this one, all right, uh, we're going to see him – and we've seen him bounce it. We've seen him, you know, bend it back. Uh, and really, this one he's gonna he's gonna bang it. He's gonna hit it in the middle. And I mean, <laughs> really, you know, you know, bang. You know, uh, when, when I say bounce, bend, bang, you know, bang. Um, you know, you bounce it out to the play side outside the original gap. Uh, you you bend it back away from the play side, uh, away from the original gap. You know, and banging it is just kind of banging in the hole. And that's kind of a fitting term uh, for how Mixon runs on this play, really. Uh, so we get, uh, we've actually got a one technique to the play side. So Hopkins is blocking on the one technique. All right. So it is actually cutting back off of Hopkins. All right. It cuts back off of Hopkins. All right. Miller has got a three techniques So Miller and Hart are working the double team down there. Mac Wilson looks to fill on the inside initially. That allows Hart to get upside uh, in, inside of him. All right. Now, he doesn't keep it going all the way out wide, all right? Again, there's unblocked players over there, okay? There's guys coming in. So even though, you know, the initial read is really telling him uh, that he is uh, is going to keep bending it back, all right, he sees, I believe it's a linebacker. Uh, no, actually, as I say, he sees the safety show, right? He knows he can't do it anymore, and he takes that little gap in between these guys. You know, Hart maintains his block, and, uh, and, you know, even though it's against his leverage, you know, he, he cuts into the in, into where the defender is, you know, uh, Hart stays on it uh, and Mixon is able to shake off, you know, what really is a an arm tackle at that point. Uh, so great job by, by Mixon. Again, like I said, this is technically a bend, but then he bangs it right up in the hole when he needs to, breaks one tackle there, all right, and, uh, you know, down the field, for a big gain, 28 yards. So Mixon really coming on at the end of the season here, uh, you know, looking like the guy that I think that we all know he can be and that, that he proved, he showed that he could be last season. Uh, so some some big-time runs out of Mixon uh, and definitely some good things out of Mixon, the run game, the offensive line in general in this game uh, that are you know, promising you know, really for the future uh, and can, can be some things to make us feel good, you know, going into next year. So, you know, 26 carries, 162 yards, two touchdowns for Mixon. Um, you know, next year, uh, as I said, we're, we're probably going to have two Joes in the backfield uh, and that's going to open up uh, even even more opportunities. Uh, that's going to be a, a really good, um, you know, really good setup uh, moving forward and uh, exciting times in Cincinnati. So hopefully and we'll be here the whole time talking Talking free agency, talking draft. Hopefully, we can get uh, some more pieces to put around that. Um, but good, uh, good running this weekend out of Mixon. Okay, today I am joined by Chrissy Freud, who writes for Titans Wire. Uh, but more importantly, and the reason we're talking to her today is that she writes for LSU Tigers Wire, which is uh, something. Uh, definitely a team that Bengals fans have been watching very closely for the last several weeks, uh, and and we'll be over the next couple of weeks here uh, as well. So, uh, Chrissy, how are you doing today? Doing pretty well. How are you? 
Great. Uh, happy to have you here and happy to be first in line for the Joe Burrow uh, sweepstakes coming up here in April. Um, so you've already uh, been through this, uh, winning that prize as, as Burrow left Ohio State, uh, graduated early, entered the, entered the uh, NCAA uh, transfer portal, uh, and headed over to LSU. So as, as that happened, what were the expectations for Burrow coming into LSU? Did anybody have any clue that, that it was going to be, uh, you know, what it is now uh, and, you know, what he has become? Well, honestly, whenever I started covering Joe Burrow right before he transferred, no one really knew who he was. And LSU hasn't always been super fantastic at the quarterback position in recent history, especially. Um, and just the fact that he hadn't had much playing time really since high school. Uh, but I, I watched some of the film on him, and I was pretty impressed with it. And I didn't want to get too high on him before he came here. But obviously, he's, he's really he's met those expectations. And one thing that's interesting to me is a lot of people in the national media want to talk about how, oh, Joe Burrow's gotten so much more accurate this year. And I do think that there's been some improvement. I think that he is better than he was last year. But the other thing is that the receiving core has gotten a lot better, too. And last year, we had a lot of receivers dropping passes, and this year the drop rate is much lower than it was before. So I, I, think, I think Joe Burrow has always really been this accurate, but it just didn't show on the stat sheet. Yeah, he's definitely got a great supporting cast. Uh, and you talk about the receivers, and I think uh, Chase and Jefferson uh, are, are the, the two that mm-hmm. you know, really everybody talks about. Uh, but then, I mean, you got you got Randy Moss's kid playing tight end over there. Uh, yeah. You've got um, uh, you, you know you've got uh, Terrence Marshall uh, who really showed up uh, last weekend. Uh, yeah, he's steadily been know, making a bigger impact. I've noticed. Absolutely, and and you know Clyde uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire uh, looks like he'll be back for the championship in in full mm-hmm. form, and and uh, the offensive line was named the best offensive line in in the country. So. Uh, yeah, definitely, you know, getting Burrow was huge, but, uh, definitely had the, had the right pieces, you know, coming together around him at the right time there. So, um, so you mentioned the, the improvement in the receiver core, uh, you know, his accuracy looks better because his, his completion percentage is better because they're not dropping balls. Um, yeah. so, you know, what are the, really the big differences, uh, with Burrow and, and this team, uh, from 2018 to 2019. Can you repeat that really quick? So, yeah, sorry. Uh, so what's the big change? Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people, one of the, one of the terrible takes on Joe Burrow is uh, that you shouldn't draft a one-year starter. Uh, and mm-hmm. he's not a one-year starter. It's just nobody knew what else he was doing last year, and nobody was talking about him as a draft prospect. Uh, so what has been the, the difference uh, this year compared to Burroughs' first year in Baton Rouge? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the scheme. I think that they're a lot more aggressive this year than they were last year. And then you also have Joe Brady. And I think that the coaching staff has been a really, really big part of that. And I think we're seeing a lot more passing going on than we did last year. And just LSU overall, um, less reliance on the running game, which is still good. The ground game is still good. But I think there's just a lot – a lot more success on the pass. And I think a lot of it just has to do with the work that he put in this 
this off season. I think that everything was kind of in place. Like, you know, that he's accurate, you know, that he has adequate arm strength, you know, that he's a good decision maker, but I think, I think he's just, kind of improved on all on the foundation that was there. And I think a lot of it has to do with experience as well, because you had someone coming off the bench, like I said, who hadn't played much really except for high school. And I think it was just adjusting to a new program and then really just stepping it up and taking it to the next level. I, I haven't seen anyone with a work ethic like him since Danny Etling, and he might even surpass that. So. Yeah. And, and they definitely take it to another level this year. Um, and with Brady coming in, uh, that's the other name that's getting a lot of uh, attention in NFL circles. And as head coaching jobs are opening up in the NFL, uh, I think a lot of fan bases are are, are coveting Brady. Uh, my my understanding is, uh, is is that he's not going anywhere. That Orgeron says he's not going anywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. But coming in uh, from the Saints, uh, you know, definitely. Uh, having a major impact on that staff. So is, uh, is there a, a relationship uh, between Burrow, Brady, uh, and uh, uh, Steve Ensminger that's, you know, that, that's been kind of acknowledged as, as being you know, special or different from uh, what was there in the past with, with coaches and uh, Etling, Mettenberger, th- those types of people? Uh, you know, for, for instance, uh, he, he is a grad student. You know, grad students don't have to go to class nearly as much. Uh, you know, uh, often those classes are online. Uh, you know, is, is that relationship and availability something that's been uh, been a factor on the success? Yeah, I think the availability has to do with a lot of it because Joe Burrow basically, as cliche as it sounds, has majored in football since he's been at LSU. He doesn't – I think um, last year he only had just this one online class, and so it's it's been kind of like that workload, and the rest of the time he's in there – watching film and like I mentioned he's he's a hard worker so it's it's hard for some of these teams to go up against a quarterback that's so dedicated and has that type of work work ethic and then he's also has all the time in the world to focus on nothing but football and I think that's really showed since he's been here that's interesting too because you know people talk about him as as being one of the most NFL ready quarterbacks uh that we've seen uh, since Andrew Luck and you know, that process being around living football uh, and especially for, for a quarterback, I mean, that that's what it's all about in the NFL. So he's definitely got an advantage there that, that he's, you know, really already living that life. Um, and now, now speaking about, uh, you know, speaking of his, his uh, NFL prospects, NFL connections. Uh, so you, uh, you had recently uh wrote a little bit regarding uh, Drew Brees' comments on him. So uh, mm-hmm. another, you know, another uh, local quarterback uh, and somebody else that has a, a connection with, with, uh, with Joe Brady. So, um, you know, uh, what, uh, you know, what type of uh, NFL influences, uh, you know, do you think Brady has and, and kind of who, uh, who do you think he, he emulates and, and will represent best in the, in the pro game? Who do I think that Joe Burrow would represent best in the NFL? Is that what you Yeah, mean? yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, what, what would be like your, your NFL comp, I guess, would be, uh, would be the best way to say that. To Joe Burrow. Um, yeah. You know, I, I thought about this a little bit, and I kind of see some – from what little I've seen of Ryan Tannehill this year since he hasn't been 
the starter in Tennessee the whole year. He's only played those uh, select games since Marcus Mariota was benched in week six. But I, I was watching Ryan Tannehill on Sunday, and I kept thinking, I was like, there are some similarities here. Because one thing I didn't really realize about Ryan Tannehill up until now is just this sort of like hidden mobility that he has. Like he's, he's really fast, and I think that they could use him on design quarterback runs if they wanted to. And he's, I, he had like this really big 19-yard rush too. And that's one thing that Joe has the ability to do is to extend plays with his legs and then to make those big rushing plays for first downs whenever he doesn't have anybody open or it's just the best option, whatever's going on at that time. But um, Tannehill's also been a very accurate passer, uh, good arm strength, and he makes some really solid throws. And I've, I've, so I guess that that's what I would say. Joe Burrow and Ryan Tannehill. Okay. I mean, and that's a, it's a little bit scary. Uh, Tannehill, is a, <laughs> Tannehill is a name that I think people are a little frightened of. Uh, but I, I'd say those, those are consistent. From what we've seen, okay. I, I would say con- consistency. There's, that's one thing that's a bit different. But well, you know, there are some similarities there. And we haven't seen, you know, uh, nationally, we haven't seen a ton of the Titans. Uh, you know, I'm sure this weekend we'll be seeing a, a lot more uh, of, of what Tannehill has, has become in Tennessee, uh, mm-hmm. as I'm sure people will be uh, tuning in to, to root against the, Patri- uh, the Patriots and Brady, so uh, the mm-hmm. other Brady. <laughs> but All right, so uh, now overall, with, uh, with Brady coming in, uh, you know, being somebody that's, uh, that's there, that's tied in, uh, you know, what has Burrow really meant uh, to this team, uh, you know, in terms of uh, some of the intangibles, kind of off-the-field stuff that he, that he brings to the table for, for this team, uh, these players, and, and really the school as well? I would say just his leadership ability, uh, his demand for respect. That's, that's one thing that I think has definitely been seen, is that he definitely has the respect of his team, and they're 100% behind him um obviously being a guy that is coming from ohio he's an outsider there's a lot of guys that are down here that are from texas some of them knew each other in the recruiting process and some of them were from louisiana and just like the southern region and so someone coming from somewhere like ohio they don't know anyone they're definitely more of an outsider and so i think that one thing that i've watched happen since he's been here is just he's really gained the support of his team. And I think that there, it, it took a little bit of time, but I think they're really a hundred percent behind him now. And he's really just meshed a lot better than you would expect with, like I said, someone coming from a state so far away. What kind of impact do you think uh, that Ed Orgeron has had on that process? I, you know, and, and I just ask you, cause hearing, hearing you say that just makes me think about uh, it. I, I believe it was in the Heisman uh, speech Burrow talking about uh, Orgeron, you know, teaching about about uh, crawfish and where to get crawfish. You know, like just some yeah, of those little things yeah. to kind of help him fit in and, and, and be a part of that team. Uh, you know, how does uh, Ed Orgeron fit into that process? Yeah, I think that Ed Orgeron really did a good job of like introducing him to the culture and really just help, like I said, helping him fit in more with the team, like you mentioned. Um, know that Joe mentioned that he has a really close relationship with him and his family as well so I think just that that close bond that close connection and just how eager Ogeron was to help him from the start I think that's been a really big deal 
Yeah, and, and that's huge too. I think uh, a lot of times teams can become a, a bit segmented, but especially with the with, with the head coach, you know, even on a college level, I think it's important to have uh, you know that bond and you know really the, the trust uh, that you know he's making the decisions on the field that's that's really impacting everything that the that the head coach wants. So uh, definitely huge seeing that relationship. So. Uh, now, looking forward, um, the uh, first round of the playoffs, pretty ridiculous. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to call it easy. Uh, although uh, you know, Burrow did say it was what they expected at the end. Uh, but uh, you know, now uh, looking forward uh, to the uh, to the championship game coming up here, uh, do you anticipate? Uh, more of a challenge, a little bit more adversity for this team. Uh, how do you think that they're going to match up uh, against Clemson? I, I would say that Clemson's a tougher opponent. It's going to be the toughest opponent that LSU's faced all season. But as I've been previewing this and as I've started to go through what Clemson's done this season and their game against Ohio State, there's a lot of weaknesses there. Um, I know that Clemson really struggled. Their pass rushers are still really young. Most of them are. And they struggled against uh, the Ohio State offensive line. Justin Fields had quite a bit of time to throw in the pocket, and he never really looked too rattled. And, I mean, you're dealing with a quarterback now who won the Heisman Trophy that does well under pressure and can evade pressure. And he's also behind the top offensive line in the country. So that right there tells me that Clemson's already in trouble. And I guess they gave up season highs and, I think, points, rushing yards, and passing yards against Ohio State. And – they're going up against yet another team, a team that has a really good ground game, and then we'll have Clyde back at full capacity. And then on defense, Michael Divinity only played in five games uh, this season, but he had three sacks and I think 23 tackles, which is quite a bit for five games. So the, I guess the moral of the story there is that LSU is coming back even stronger than they have been um, throughout the playoffs. And, Clemson does have those weaknesses, and I think that they're really, really going to take advantage of that. So I think that it could be a close game. I mean, I could also see LSU winning by 20 points, but I don't, I, I don't see Clemson coming out on top on this one. Well, to me, the thing about Clemson, early in that, that game against Ohio State, uh, it looked like they were outmatched. Uh, and, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, I think they, they sent like five defensive linemen into the NFL last year, something ridiculous like mm-hmm. that. Uh, you know, uh, so, you know, they're definitely, um, they're down in some talent uh, this year. And, and I think it showed early in that game, but uh, the way that game went to me, you know, shows that they, they know how to face adversity, you know, and that they're not going to go away on you. Um, and, and to me, that's something that I think, I feel like Burroughs had a ton of success uh, this year and, and not to say he hasn't faced adversity, uh, because obviously, obviously he has. He struggled to get on the field. He, he you know, he, he transferred. Um, you know, some ups and downs last year. Uh, but this game has been has been such a high uh, for for Joe Burrow that uh, I'm I'm very interested to see, you know, what happens when Clemson comes out and and does some really good things on defense and and LSU and, and Burrow are forced to adjust. Um, I you know that's. Me, uh, you know, projecting him to the Bengals, I want to see, uh, I want to see him get punched in the mouth, so to speak, uh, <laughs> kind of how he how he reacts and how he comes back for it. So, 
Um, I definitely think it's a it, it's a great matchup, and and I agree with you. I mean, you you look top to bottom uh, at, at what LSU has. Uh, we already kind of went through the the offense, and, and you touched on uh, divinity, uh, but you know, extremely talented defense too. You get uh, uh, obviously Delprit, uh, you know, is is uh, probably top fifteen type of project uh, projection mm-hmm. there. Uh, you know what? What other uh, players are, are standing out to you on defense? And there's a few linebackers in there that are uh, that are getting a lot of draft buzz. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caleb on Chase on is one that I look out for. Um, he had he started last week's game against Oklahoma with a sack on Jalen Hurts. And one thing that I noticed is that they really kept the pressure on him, and he did manage to use his mobility to come up with two touchdowns. But they, they did a really good job of limiting a quarterback that's been so explosive with his legs and has caused so many problems for so many teams uh, with that. So I, I would say that he's, he's probably a top one to look at. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and obviously uh, from what we saw uh, last week out of Trevor Lawrence, that's going to be important, uh, not only getting the pass rush, but having the guy that can, that can handle uh, an athletic quarterback. Uh, you know, Lawrence doing a lot more with his legs or kind of forced to do a lot more with his legs mm-hmm. last week than, than he has uh, in, in previous weeks. Um, and, yeah, that's a guy who's, you know, big, long, lean, quick guy coming off the edge, kind of reminds me of like a, like a Chandler Jones type of, uh, type of player mm-hmm. in the NFL. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, a, this is a stacked LSU group, so uh, looking forward to, to seeing Jr. it. is another one, too. Yeah. Okay. Freshman quarterback you, you, that's – you, and you forget he's a freshman when you watch him. I think the whole team does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, LSU, uh, known for their defensive backs, uh, been putting those guys in the NFL for, for quite a while. Um, yeah, anybody else on that, uh, on that defense that sticks out to you? Jacob Phillips, uh, Jacoby Stevens, those guys too. Um, I, I would say that this defense overall has been really good with takeaways and coming up with key interceptions lately just overall as a whole the whole the whole defensive side of the ball but um as, as far as interceptions and takeaways go i would definitely give that one to Derek stingley jr it's, it's like every single time that someone throws in his direction it's either a pass breakup or it's an interception it's a very very dangerous choice well that's something they could use in cincinnati but we're gonna have to wait <laughs> wait a couple of years for that one so, <laughs> uh, so you know, I, I mentioned it before, uh, but but you're also uh, a writer for Titans Wire. Uh, so the Titans uh, in the playoffs, uh, knocking out the Pittsburgh Steelers, which we all thank you for. Um, but it, yeah, uh, the Titans having a great having a great year. Uh, you know, good. I want to call him a young head coach, but he's a retired NFL player, so he's, he's just young in the profession. Uh, and Vrabel, and uh, I think he was a guy that I was, you know, pretty interested in if, uh, coming to the Bengals. It uh, ended up being a year before that worked out. Um, I don't believe he coached for uh, for Belichick, but you know, a, a guy who played for Belichick, and uh, and then the way they they uh, have rejuvenated uh, Ryan Tannehill, as we we kind of talked about. So, mm-hmm. uh, what what can we look forward to uh, in this? Uh, in this matchup, uh, watching them against the Patriots on Saturday? Uh, the Patriots are always a tough team to beat. I think that everyone knows that. But um, as you mentioned earlier, they've been a bit weird this year, and it's kind of embarrassing to lose 27-24 to to the Miami Dolphins, a team that's been out of playoff contention for some time now. Um, 
the Titans have shown in the past that they can record a dominant win over the Patriots. Uh, that was that home game in 2018. And this year, I think that they come back with an even stronger offense, and part of that is because of Ryan Tannehill. And they definitely have the star power on offense to defeat the Patriots. I mean, A.J. Brown is a player that's really come into his own and has taken a spot as the number one wide receiver for the Titans on his rookie year uh, over Corey Davis. Um, so he's, he's one to definitely watch. Uh, Tannehill, for sure. And who else? D- Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is finally returning to full capacity. I know that the hamstring injury has been bothering him, but he's, he didn't look like it was bothering him last week against the Texans. So I would, I would say those three are definitely players to watch. And Kevin yeah, Derrick Henry, you know, getting the rushing title this year. Um, you know, we, the rest of this podcast will be about Joe, uh, Joe Mixon here in, here in Cincinnati, uh, who uh, was the AFC leader in rushing a year ago. Uh, and Derrick Henry is the only player in the NFL, I believe, who outrushed Mixon in the last half of the year when the Bengals finally got their their running game going. So, uh, yeah, good to good to see uh, Henry getting some things going. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, the hamstring injury had been a little bit of an issue, but he, he secured the rushing title last week, and it looked like he was less bothered by it. So I think that he'll, be, he'll really be a full go next week on Saturday, not even a week from today. <laughs> That's right. All right. So, yeah, I think uh, looking forward to it. Obviously, uh, there'll be a, a strong national audience for that. I think not many of us have, have – have, uh, had a chance to see the Titans uh, this year, uh, but there's a lot of people out there that are going to be rooting against the Patriots, uh, and <laughs> and there's there's a little bit of blood in the water with them, uh, you know, uh, not getting the bye week uh, mm-hmm. for the first time in, in quite a while, uh, and and I think uh, you know people are people are looking forward to that, and and uh, you know they got they got a chance, uh, and I live in I cover the Bengals, but I live in Rhode Island. Uh, and mm-hmm. I got to tell you, people are worried. People, are, people are concerned <laughs> up here. Uh, the uh, the fan base is not overlooking the Tennessee Titans. Uh, in this, I I I, uh, I I married a very strong uh, Patriot supporter, and, and <laughs> she in, she in no way is confident about the uh, the Super Bowl this year. So, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, well, once again, uh, you know, thanks for joining me. Uh, obviously, we've been talking Burrow around here for a while, and this is. Uh, we're going to be talking Burrow for for the next uh, for the next yeah. few months and and, uh, and and beyond. So, uh, you know, appreciate uh, we appreciate uh, LSU. You know, getting them ready uh, to, and we appreciate that that strong offensive line that they built around them to to keep him healthy for the uh, the mm-hmm. next uh, the last four quarters of his uh, college career. So, um, now I mentioned before you write for uh, Titans Wire and LSU Tigers Wire uh, anywhere else that people can find your work or follow you on social media or anything like that? That's really it. Uh, my Twitter is Chrissy underscore Freud, and I did used to write for SB Nation as well, their LSU division, but I recently, about a month ago, switched over fully to USA Today Sports Media Group where we have the wire networks. So that's where I am. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me, and uh, you know, good luck to the to the Titans this weekend, and certainly good luck. Uh, we can we can say that without having split loyalties, since Ohio State is knocked out of it. Uh, certainly, mm-hmm. good luck uh, to LSU and 
Joe Burrow uh, in the championship in the, in about a week and a half here. All right. So once again, thank you for joining me. We'll be here. The season's over for the Bengals. Uh, and, you know, that's not good. But uh, but we're going to be here, and we're looking forward to the future. Like I said, definitely some promising things uh, from the performance of Fred Johnson, uh, you know, for one thing, which I, I wrote about this week on Cincy Jungle. Uh, definitely check that out. It's a film room article on, on Fred Johnson, who's played a significant role over the last two weeks at the left tackle position. You know, Joe Mixon running like crazy, you know, looking uh, looking real good there. Uh, the defense really stepped up, in particular the defensive line. Uh, Carlos Dunlap, after a slow start, has been going crazy. Uh, <laughs> the last half of the season, he was the AFC Defensive Player of the Month uh, for Dece- December. Uh, so some good and, and some promising things, and hopefully we'll see some some good and promising things in the next couple of weeks here moving forward, uh, even before we get into free agency. And we'll be here to talk about it. Thanks. Yeah, we coming for with sours. Yeah, we coming for with sours.